Good morning, everyone. So today, we, uh, we're going cons- to build off of last week. Last week, we talked in Mass, we had our kind of stewardship of prayer and participation. And so we didn't get to talk about the gospel last weekend. And so today, the sermon is double, right? <laughs> what everybody prays for. When I was in seminary, <clears throat> we had uh, this great chef. He was amazing. We were spoiled rotten. And he was a master of kind of the deal. He knew when to buy different things. We had one of those huge walk-in freezers. And so he could store lots of food uh, for the long haul. And so there was a year in seminary where, and he, he was, the point of it is that he was able to make great meals for very, very cheap. And so one year he found this amazing deal going into the school year on, of all things, he found a great deal on duck. And so he bought a year's supply, basically, of duck for the entire seminary to eat duck like twice a week. And you knew as a seminarian, you're like, you knew that you were spoiled rotten. You, it's like April and you go to lunch and you're like, I'm so sick of duck. <laughs> Meanwhile, the guys at other seminaries are like, all right, grilled cheese again, you know. We got so used to it. He made amazing meals every day. We had our, our lunch meal was our main meal, and visitors would come, and seminarians were always kind of embarrassed. They're like, yeah, we eat really, really well here. Sometimes when things are all around us, we just get used to it. We take it for granted. Uh, Another example would be, for instance, a friend of mine uh, bought a BMW like a year ago, and she was saying, <clears throat> when, I, when I'll ride with her, I'm always a little embarrassed when you see a priest in a BMW, I'm like, this doesn't look too good. But the car is so smooth, and I'm like, man, this car is amazing. And she's like, oh yeah, it kind of is, isn't it? I, for- I forgot about that. We get so used to things. powerful, beautiful gifts that God gives us in our lives, brothers and sisters, we take them for granted. And today what I want to begin with is that when we hear today's gospel reading, and when we hear about the cross of Christ, because that's what Jesus did today, right after last week he proclaims Peter the first pope, and today he tells the apostles that he is going to Jerusalem to be crucified. We're just so used to that. Here's what St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians. He says, the word of the cross is folly, right, foolishness. The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, It is the power of God. Today in our gospel reading, Peter, when Jesus says, I'm going to Jerusalem to suffer, to be mocked, and to be crucified, that word that Jesus gives about the cross is foolishness. (laughs) 
God forbid, Lord, this will never happen to you. And of course, Jesus has strong words for Peter today. And brothers and sisters, we need to feel that. We need to feel, you know, we get so used to Christianity. We become inoculated. We get kind of normalized by it. The word of the cross is folly to the world. And if you're a real Christian, brothers and sisters, we need to realize just how radical the call of Jesus Christ is on our lives. It's a radical call. It is not just kind of the normal nice thing to do. It's foolishness. It's folly. In our nature, if we're really hearing the call of Christ, our nature is going to rebel against that. We're going to say at times, we're going to say, Jesus, this is too much. And so the first thing I just want to say to you that this morning, brothers and sisters, ran out of breath, um, if you don't feel that, if at times you're not walking in your Christian life and you're not saying, this hurts, this is painful, this is a death, if you don't say that from time to time, you're probably not living the Christian life. Jesus, and it's not just about Christ, right? We heard this today in the gospel. Jesus says, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, taking up your cross, sometimes that does mean the day-to-day, oh, the kids are wearing me out today, and this is hard. And that is a daily death. That's not a small cross. That's a real thing. For me, it's like I have, you know, 50 people who want more, you know, meetings with me, or I need to do this task or whatever it is, and it's a small cross day by day to just try to be faithful to that. But sometimes God's going to ask for a bigger cross. He's going to say, Brian, you need to die to yourself. You've lived for comfort and pleasure, and you've conformed. There's There's a famous story, I forget who the priest was, but there's a priest who used to, I think he was like on a college campus, and um, the college students would go to confession, and they'd say, you know, Father, it's so hard, and he used to say to them in, in uh, the confession, he'd say, die, sinner! <laughs> I gotta start doing that, by the way. <laughs> die, sinner! But it's true, brothers and sisters, the message of the cross is foolishness to us, to all of us. It hurts, it stings, it calls us to die. The pattern of the Christian life is death and resurrection. It's a death to my selfish desires. It's a death to my love of comfort. It's a death to all the false gods that I worship. And when I die to that, it hurts. Boy, does it hurt. But there's life on the other side, and there is no other way There is no other way to the resurrection than through death. 
Today's gospel is a story, and I want to tie this back to last week. Today's gospel is a story of two stones. You know, the tale of two cities, this is the tale of two stones. Last week, Jesus changed Simon's name to Peter, which means rock. And then what a gift that is. Jesus builds a church. He builds it on St. Peter. The, the folly of Catholicism is not just that we have to take a risk on God. All Christians, if they're going to be real Christians, have to take a risk on Jesus. But if you're going to be a Catholic, the radicalness of that is that we understand that we don't just take a risk on God. God took a risk on us. Last weekend, Matthew 16, 18, you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church. I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound on earth. Whatever you loose on earth, I'm sorry, will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus takes a chance on human beings. That's the first rock. Jesus becomes the rock of the church that Jesus builds on. And then today, the folly of the cross is foolishness to Peter. He has his own plans for God. Lord, my life is supposed to look like this. The way, God, that you're supposed to act in the world is supposed to look like this. It's not supposed to look like that. And the cross is scandal to Peter. Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. And I remember thinking this morning, I'm like, it made me feel a little better in my holy hour. I'm like, Jesus is kind of like me. Like some people are really even keeled. And then there's people like me who are just like up and down, up and down. Like some people will meet me like, Father Brian, you look like you're so happy. I'm like, the world's amazing. I love everybody. And God is so, so awesome. And the next day I'm like, I hate my life. I'm moving to tell you right. Leave me alone. There will never be sunshine again. Jesus goes right back between those two. You are Peter on this rock. I will build my church. And the next couple of verses, he calls him Satan. I'm like, Jesus, can we just chill out a little bit? Like, you've been a bad day, man. Here's why. Here's what's going on. Satan opposes the thinking of God. And Jesus says that to Peter. He says, you are not thinking as God thinks. You are thinking as human beings think. And there's a tie-in we don't have time to to Matthew chapter 4, but for those of you who want to, go look at Matthew 4 and think about how that connects to that gospel. Okay, but what is this all about? Peter opposes this. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance. Hindrance, though, again, here's where it's helpful to know the Greek. The word there is scandalon where we get the word scandal. And literally, scandal on quite literally means a block, a stumbling block, which keeps people from walking in their path. Now, here's the point. Pope Benedict says this. He says that those two stones, we have a story of two stones. Peter is the rock, and he's also the stumbling block. And Pope Benedict says, right there, you have the entire history of the papacy in the Catholic Church. God really does trust human beings. He gives them real authority. He gives the popes real authority. 
and they become the rocks on which Jesus Christ builds his church. But when our holy fathers, when our popes don't live as Christ did, they become a scandal. And if you think that's just about Pope Francis or Pope Benedict or John Paul or Archbishop Aquila or me, you're crazy. You see, brothers and sisters, this is true of all of us. Christianity pushes people to extremes. There's no middle ground. God has called every one of you to be a saint. And either you're going to be a rock in the way Peter was, or you'll become a scandal. The greatest obstacle, I think, the greatest obstacle to the new evangelization in the world, to the gospel going forth in our culture, is us. It's when we think we're Catholics and we think we don't have to change. It's when we think we can follow Jesus and just be like everybody else. When we live that way, brothers and sisters, Jesus will say to us, get behind me. You are not thinking as God thinks, but you are thinking as human beings. The word of the cross is folly. It is foolishness to those who are perishing. But Paul goes on, let's go back to that verse, 1 Corinthians 1.18. The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. How do you look at suffering in your life? Is it just something to be avoided? And I'll be honest, for you, most of the time it is for me. I don't like suffering. I'm not good at it. But what Paul is telling us today, what Jesus is telling us today, is that brothers and sisters, because of that, because of him, you and I think differently. We look at the world a different way. You should think differently about suffering than the person you sit next to at work or your neighbor across the street. You should understand that suffering is part of God's plan for us to redeem the world. For those who are being saved, the cross is the power of God. And it's a hard word. So how do we get there? How do you and I move? We have to have a change of thinking. And that brings us to our second reading. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. This is just another one of those great, famous passages I encourage you to get to know a little bit. St. Paul says, I appeal to you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. I tell my RCIA folks, 
what the fall was about when Adam and Eve fell, an original sin. What that means is not that, like, I don't know, like there's some big sin on your soul that God counts against you. It means that our nature was thrown off. And I, the only analogy I ever really used for this is, you know when your car, is the alignment's off, and it just pulls? And you have to keep correcting it. That's what original sin is. And it means that for us to really be who we're supposed to be, right, if I do whatever I want to do, I am just going to like, well, I won't get into it, but it wouldn't be pretty. I'm going to live for myself. I am going to use other people. I am going to care only about myself. On and on and on. So Paul says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know what you do with the sacrifice in the Jewish temple? You, you kill it. And so Paul has an irony here, a living sacrifice. Sorry, I have a lot of scripture in mind today. 2 Corinthians 3, St. Paul says this. He says, while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Paul understands that what happened to Jesus, death, because he loves God and he loves us, brings life. Paul understands that's not just a story about Jesus. It's a story about him. The pattern of the Christian life is death and resurrection. And how we get there, back to Romans 12. Do not be conformed to this age. If you are just like everybody else, if you think like everybody else, you'll be conformed to the age. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And here's where I want to lead us, brothers and sisters. You have to keep doing that. Conversion. Metanoia means change of mind or change of heart in the Greek. Conversion. That's not a one-time thing. It's like that car. My car is always swerving off kilter if it's out of alignment, and I have to pull it back. And I have to say, Brian, die to yourself. <laughs> die, sinner. Come back. That's not what life's about. Your life is meant not to serve yourself, but it's meant to be like him. Do you think like Jesus? Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. When you think about life, do you understand that the one who saves his own life will lose it? The more you seek yourself, the more empty you'll be. But the one who loses his life for the sake of Jesus will find it. That's the mystery of the Christian life and the paradox of the Christian life. Peter knew that. This is why we pray for our popes, one of the many reasons. Popes are human beings like everybody else. God promises to protect them and what they teach. But they should be holy, amazing examples of faith. And that's why we pray every single Mass for Francis, our Pope, Samuel, our Bishop, Jorge, his assistant bishop. The cross 
is meant to be the logic by which they live. But that's not just about them. Brothers and sisters, today, as we go through this Mass, as you receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, do you think like him? Have you gone through your conversion yet? Have you come to understand that you're never going to find fulfillment and happiness and joy by seeking yourself? The only stairway to heaven, the only way to true happiness that lasts is the cross. 